Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. In five, four, three, two. Welcome, everybody, to the sick at home version of Weisscast. You thought we were sick last week? Boy, howdy. More of us are sick this week. Um, I'm your host. Well, kind of. Same amount. Oh, yeah, same amount. Uh, <laughs> just different people. Different people are sick this week. Um, I'm your host, the formerly sick boy. Aaron Weiss. Um, Wait, if you're formerly sick, then only one person is sick this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're getting better, are. everybody. We're getting better, except for one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> one one's getting worse. worse. Um, alongside the Duchess of Decatur. Not done with AC. I caught it this week. Yeah. Um, Erica J. Weiss. Hello. And we are joined by the coolest and one coldest Aww. cat in Covington, Caleb and Megan Peeler. Hello. I do have quite the cold. Yeah, I. Uh, we were just saying off recording um, how I've been, how I was sick for like the last week and I, I was definitely feeling it this morning. But now that I've like slept pretty much all day, I'm feeling really good. And I took my vitamin C and we we're just, you know, giving Caleb some little hacks, some little, not like coughing hacks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like some advice on how to quickly get over a cold. Yeah, I feel like I don't get sick very often. But for when I get sick, it's like usually bad. Like it's like, um, yeah. I'm not just like a like low level sick. If I get sick, it's like a. It's like a like I'm sick. Are you like are you like <laughs> me? Are you like me and just like a big baby when you're sick? I don't say I'm a big baby. I am. <laughs> Megan just, Megan seems to it's more just like I I feel like I like have a high threshold for like sickness, but once it gets over that threshold, it's like I think he's a little baby. Maybe not a big baby. <laughs> a, a moderately sized babe. Yeah. I, I hate being sick, especially like this week. It's finals week. I don't have a lot to do this week, but like there's stuff I like need to do at school. Mm. And like tomorrow, like their finals for some of my classes is supposed to be their presenting PowerPoint, like presentations, mm-hmm. which like I like, I would like to grade that and then I have some like, or have them send in the PowerPoint mm-hmm. and have actually grade them. So I, but it's TBD if I could go in tomorrow. Um, Just take it day by day, my man. Yeah. And I felt really dumb because I signed for COVID test today and I accidentally signed up for the lab result test. So even though I don't think I have COVID, I I don't I won't I don't know until like Wednesday or Thursday, and then at that point I go back to school. I feel like I've had I've had COVID this whole time. I feel very bad. 
Well, I feel like that also, if you are transparent to the people that you're working with, the situation, then it's really all you can do. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, this this isn't COVID cast. Oh my gosh. Okay. I listened to last <laughs> week's episode and that joke was made three or four times. I, and I'm going to tell you, it wasn't funny the fourth time. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Uh, you don't listen to it. So you I, I, say I think that it gets funnier kids. every time. <laughs> Interesting. I say that to my kids when we get off subject in class. I, I, I know. I know you, you also say that every time that we say this joke. Oh gosh. You're really? <laughs> Yes. I can see me doing that. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors, PayPay Danger and Chrono Slinger. Um, let's see. We'll we'll probably maybe have one more episode before the new year. Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah. I was gonna ask, do you think we'll do next week, but probably not the week? Yeah. After. Yeah, well, this will this will be our second to last episode before the new year, and then next week we'll do one, <laughs> and then we'll just wait till sometime in January to restart. Yeah, okay. um, I'll, I'll save one of my topics for next week then. Sweet. It's a Christmas okay. topic, so I'll, I'll save it till next week. Okay. Nice. Um, I have a rant. Please Ooh. go on. I can't wait, and it's actually something that I'm surprised I haven't brought up yet because it's something I'm very passionate about. And I just need to get it off my chest. Like a lot of middle-class Americans, I love Target. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Who doesn't love Target, right? You know, I mean, except for Caleb's dad. dad. Caleb's dad is the only one. Um, I really enjoy going there. Um, Erica and I kind of have like our our target rounds that we do if we don't have if we don't have something that we're specifically looking for we kind of just go around the store in such a way um, and it's fun it's always fun um, but something that has become a realization over the last like few years um, is target makes a big push for like body positivity for women and that's great that's i mean you know that's really good um but they don't do the same thing for men Mm -hmm. uh and in fact it's like pretty bogus you know like i i love their stuff and every once in a while i can find something that that will fit and i like but it's like once in a blue moon mm-hmm. and it's just, I don't know. I think it's pretty annoying that, I mean, I guess they must've, they, they must've done some kind of market research or something like, you know, there's a, there's a demand for um, larger sizes for women and there might not be for men, but I'm sure I could, I could talk to some guys my size and yeah they would be like, man, I wish I could buy things at Target. Yeah, I just think it's pretty bogus. Um, usually all I buy at Target nowadays are like board games or mm-hmm. actually, yeah, mostly board games, isn't it? We tried to get a lamp. Oh yeah, we tried to get a lamp <laughs> once. Oh, the lamp. <laughs> um, the lamp wasn't the right size, you know, it only came in extra small. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. No, I think it's very true, though. And I think that it might have something to do with the fact that um, I don't I don't even know how to word this correctly, but I think that you're right. It probably has to do with like the market research and that maybe women are more outspoken about like wanting size inclusivity. Right. Yeah. And that like. Like I, you always hear like body positivity and I feel like that is like usually it's like women talking about that and I wish that yeah. men would talk about it more too I'm glad that mm-hmm. you are someone's mm-hmm. gotta and yeah because so, I got so on no I just yeah I just agree with you it probably has something to do with like which I think it's so great like women pushing for body inclusivity and body like size inclusivity and body posit- positivity I should say but like I agree with you that it, it shouldn't just be like okay so that means that we'll have size inclusive clothing and really cute clothing, I will say, like, I see a yeah. lot of cute stuff in, like, all different sizes in the women's section. And then mm-hmm. the guys' sizes do not go up at all. So, yeah, the bummer. I agree. That is frustrating. But I'm because it's, like, I would even say with the whole market thing, yes, it probably is true. But also before they started doing, um, like, a more expansive size range for even women, like, there was plenty sizes of women who were going to Target most likely before they really even started offering sizes for that. Right. So I feel like they're, I mean, that's just in general behind. And I I would agree that it's like typically body positivity conversation is more about women. I think the other thing that makes me frustrated is that they'll point you to their website to find like bigger sizes yeah. But I mean, if you have the inventory, you can put them on, like, you don't need, you don't have to have a full section in your clothing area, but you could have, you know, a few shelves of stuff or whatever, you know what oh, I mean? So like it's online, but not in store. Right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. okay. Cool. That's frustrating. Cause I mean, online, I mean, it is nice to shop online, but that is even trickier, even more so mm-hmm. with sizes stuff like that yeah. typically yeah. if I buy something online it's something that I've either bought before and I already know fits or mm-hmm. like a brand that I know fits true to size or whatever yeah so kind of the same yeah it's just um it's just interesting I think like Target at least in their marketing is all about all kinds of inclusivity mm-hmm. um be that size or gender or race or whatever um, yeah. you look at their marketing and they're very diverse um but yeah you never really see like that is so true that's a whole nother layer yeah. I didn't even think yeah. about literally oh. every month no matter what month it is black history month they have like black history month themed clothes if it's like mm-hmm. you know like they, they have something for like everything yeah that's crazy and mm-hmm. they can't even like lay out some big and tall sizes year round huh. yeah because i mean yeah that's I wild say, i never even thought about that like yeah because even for their commercials for like women's clothing it's like in across the board i guess it's like you're more thinking like you'll see more women of varying sizes who are mm-hmm. like the and part of the commercials but i don't know if i can think of as much where it's like men of varying sizes yeah. also like in the commercials for like clothing or whatever mm-hmm. or just in general it doesn't have to be marketing clothing yeah, yeah so. exactly. No, you're right. I'm yeah, they could be marketing electronics or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not like 
I don't need like thick and tall, but I never like I never noticed that myself until you mentioned it here. Mm-hmm. And they'd have like the same kind of like stuff for men. Um, I even know that like that Me Undies brand. Me Undies, yeah. I've noticed they're like their advertising is very good, like on both sides. I feel like. Oh yeah. Of like having different body sizes and types. Mm-hmm. I do see their yeah. ads all the time. Every time. Every time I hear an ad on a podcast, they always make sure to say they go from sizes extra small to 4XL, which is great. Yeah, that is good. Have you noticed, like, are there other brands that you've noticed or, like, stores either doing, like, also not a great job or ones that you have noticed doing a good job? Or Walmart does a pretty decent job. Um, yeah. I buy a lot of my shirts from Walmart, like T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for the most part, they're like soft and high quality and nice. Yeah, and so a lot of them I've had for, you know, two or three years, and they still they're lasting. Um, I also do a lot of clothes shopping at like J.C. Penney, who has a Mm -hmm. really good big and tall section. Kohl's is okay, Um, but yeah, like the more like like Old Navy doesn't have a great section if if they have anything at all um gap i guess they're the same brand pretty much but yeah a lot of places don't do great at it yeah that's frustrating you definitely yeah. see that but you know i mean i i like try to think about it like from multiple perspectives like there should be easily accessible clothing in those sizes. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Uh, there's no excuse to not have those those clothes. I was going to try to make an excuse, but I was just thinking about it. And like, there's no excuse to not yeah. have easily accessible. Like, I mean, it's 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 tough to like be in that position and like oftentimes it's more discouraging not being able to find clothes yeah yeah um and it's not motivating when you don't find clothes you know what i mean yeah so Hmm. yeah i mean it was a short short topic rant which is a first for me but But worth talking about yeah so if you're listening (laughs) it's target yeah Please throw me a bone. (laughs) (laughs) Just a couple more. I think in general, though, it's also they, there's, I think also there's more of a focus on like women's, like when you think of clothing, think of fashion, you think of women's fashion Mm -hmm. and that there's more maybe variety, even just like style, I would say. And then also sizing that then sometimes the men's section in general just looks not as well thought out as like. I don't know. Maybe also it's men's clothing and doesn't appeal to me, but (laughs) just even like style wise for men's clothing is like sometimes pretty like, I don't know, not as interesting maybe. I don't know. Stores don't go as all out in their men's section as they do in their women's section. Especially like stores in the mall and stuff. I notice that a lot. Yeah. Yes. The the men's section is always smaller if it's a like unisex store. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, then let alone having yeah, like, clothes within 
your size I don't even like like for me I always struggle more so to find the right length oh yeah or like it's so rare that I can find a pants that are like the right length and right like waist mm-hmm. that I almost always have to like like choose one or the other hmm. um, which is like annoying but like it's a very different thing than that people find clothes that fit yeah oh I I, I also understand that because a lot of times I have to have the tall versions of the shirt yeah so like a lot of my shirts are like 2xl tall mm-hmm. but sometimes i have to go three or four x just to find a right length yeah yeah if they don't have like a tall version mm-hmm. I guess. so yeah i definitely understand yeah, and also my torso i wouldn't say it's longer than my legs but it's definitely like it what mm-hmm. is what makes me taller you, yeah gotcha uh, yeah. which is strange in my family because my dad and my brother what Oh, my dad and my brother both have longer legs that's what's like yeah mm-hmm. even i know even still sometimes it's a struggle because like for me i find the right size shirt because mm-hmm. like either like i'll get a large and it's like too big mm-hmm. i'll get medium and it's like if i move my arms up at all it like too short too short you need extra medium (laughs) it's like in between or just like the marge a longer medium yeah marge (laughs) Marge. (laughs) or a ledium (laughs) i I, I have no desire to like buy from this website by size website it'll probably be advertisement to me later tonight because you're talking talking about about it yeah but i saw this website that like they make like everyday clothes like t-shirts and like pants but they size it like they tailor it to you oh so you put in your measurements yeah you put in your measurements and they like send you like just like several different types of t-shirts okay and like so but they're like tailored to you mm-hmm. pretty cool that's cool but i also want to spend the money for that yeah <laughs> yeah i got everything tailored including my boxers <laughs> 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 Well, yeah. Clothes. Clothes. They're tough. Anyone got any fancy transitions? <laughs> uh, Who's next? Not at all. <laughs> you know, like- I'm thinking about clothes. <laughs> Ooh. Today was the Christmas program at my preschool. <gasps> and my Whoa. children were dressed fancy. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. One of my little children was wearing a blazer. He came in with a collar shirt and blazer. It was crazy. Fancy. Anyways, very adorable stuff. Um, and that same child, when everyone got on stage, do you want to lay back up and say a little bit more first? And then I do have a question for everyone. <laughs> all day. He's very cute and he talks very fast. So all day he was just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like he could not wait to get on stage and sing his Christmas songs. And um, he was excited that his mom and his dad could come, not just like one of them. They could both come and his grandparents could come. And it was a very exciting thing. And I was like, they'll be in the audience. And, you know, I had them like, I was telling them what it was going to be like, we'll be up on stage. You'll see a big audience full of people, but you'll be able to see your mommy and daddy in the audience. And then you'll sing your song, sing nice and loud, blah, blah, blah. This one child is just, I'm so excited. He couldn't wait. <laughs> we get up on stage. He t- 
and my class is the smallest class so they were sitting in the very front and they my child took one look into the audience and immediately hands in his face the entire time like he did not want to show his face he was so like nervous out of nowhere um which was precious because he looked so like dapper and put together and professional yeah and then he just was and immediately (laughs) hid and it was so cute but it was oh like my heart was really melting for him traumatized (laughs) and so um and and his parents were front row that was my favorite part so I was like I also had to be on the stage like helping the kids if they needed anything so I was like you know kind of you know, try to get him when I could try to get him, but it wasn't working. And so I yeah. could like make eye contact with his mom. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And she was just kind of laughing, like, what yeah. can I do, you know? Um, anyways, so that made me think, when was the first time I was on stage and I had to like sing a song, whether it was like with my class or like I did ballet when I was little, my first recital, like, was I like nervous? And I just wanted to know, like, if you guys have a memory of, like, performing on stage and being really nervous, or if you have a memory of the first time you had to get on stage and do something, or just kind of your, like, do you have stage fright? Do you not have stage fright? Like, what's your vibe? What's the vibe? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I do have stage fright. Um, I do not like public speaking. Um, and I'm trying to think. I, I know I did like ballet and stuff growing up. I I really have a terrible time remembering like much from when I was little. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't remember if I was nervous. I feel like if I can remember even the home videos of it, I, I think I performed. I, I did it. I went for it. Right. So the <laughs> stage fight made the later. Yeah. So I do. I know I did stuff for like even my church. And I feel like I wasn't too nervous when I did stuff in front of my church for like little plays or like VBS, I would help, or would sometimes be like one of the kids on stage or something. And I don't remember if I was that nervous. I think the more talking, speaking is like more nerve wracking than like performing. So like a dance, a song maybe, or like something. Um, But I do remember, this is high school. So not even as a child freaking out, this was high school. (laughs) And I decided to do drama as one of my electives for whatever reason, knowing full well, I like, don't like speaking in front of people. I think I thought maybe it helped mm. and it didn't. Um, and I remember we had to do monologues. So not only was it like, it wasn't like I was performing a script, which I, I didn't even care much to do that. Um, but I, you had to like write your own. So it had to be like kind of personal in a way too. And also Whoa. one of them was funny, one of them was serious and there was another category. But like you had to write it yourself. So then you're like trying to be funny. Right. You can't rely <laughs> on the funny script being given to you. You have to be the funny one. I know. Like I had to make up my own like funny monologue. And this is maybe like sophomore year. So I'm like 15. I, I Anyway, early high school. And I wrote my monologues, but I was like not into it at all. I was like, this is not going to go well. I like told the teacher, I was like, these are mine. Like I, but I don't think this is going to go well. Like, I don't feel good about this. And she was like, and Megan, you should do the serious one. And I was like, Oh no, please. No, (laughs) not the serious one. And like the more deep one or whatever. And I think during practice, like with our class, I like 
couldn't get through. And it's supposed to be memorized, like not in front of me. And so you had to memorize it. And I think during practice, I, I think I always like had it in front of me. And then our performance was like other classes, like usually English classes just Mm -hmm. during school day came in and during your period, they would, that's the performance. And it was just everyone coming up and doing a monologue. And I went up there to do my monologue and I started, I like completely forgot. And I just started crying and I just walked off stage and I was just so upset. And I was like, I can't ever do this again. So I remember, oh, cause even before then I was telling the teacher, like, I can't go up there. Like, I can't like almost crying in that moment. Like I can't go up and do this right now. And she's like, no, you have to go do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so then I just started sobbing and went off stage and I was very embarrassed. And I remember I put drama two as like one of my lower electives for the next semester. And somehow I got it. Oh man. And I immediately switched out of that class. I did not stay long. I went to like cooking or something, which was so much better, <laughs> but it was like, oh my gosh. I remember when I saw I had drama two, I was like, I went to her the first day and I was like, I I'm going to be switching out just to let you know, <laughs> like this will not be lasting long at all. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. But as a child, I think I was fine. Hmm. But I think it just got worse as I was older. Yeah. I know I like, I remember having something like every year my school did one, but it was very like, we were singing as a group or Mm -hmm. doing things like that as a group. Yeah. So I've never been like exposed talking. I know like my church did a thing every year and like, that's so nerve wracking, like Mm -hmm. talking for people but it was like my church was super small I knew everyone there so it was a lot less like nerve-wracking to me mm-hmm. I mean I've done a lot of like like in band like I'm I'm good I'm confident as long as I'm like with people um if I'm like alone on stage I think that would be tough for me like even when I did wins in college and I was the only baritone like what would that entail? Like, what would that look like? Winds. Like, explain the scene. Oh, Winds was, like, indoor marching band. Okay. Yeah. So, indoor marching band, and I was, like, the only baritone. Um, and so, like, it was kind of like a, oh, like, if I, like, mm-hmm. if I take a breath here, or I don't play this this phrase all the way through, there's no one else who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, that was kind of, like, nerve-wracking of like there's no backup because I am the only person on this part um but I mean again that's like I have people with me that's like I have a lot more confident I also think like at least for me like playing an instrument feels a lot differently than like if I were to sing or to talk on stage that's very different um I do know if I like if I have if I can practice beforehand, that helps me a lot. When I've had a talk on stage or in front mm-hmm. of people, like knowing what I'm going to be saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I hate, like, one of my first, we have chapel at my school, and one of my first weeks here, principal was like, oh, you want to like start chapel off? I'm like, I was like, no, I have no clue what to say. I will be interested later, but like, I guys have no clue what to say right now. He was like, oh, okay. It's like on the spot. Which is a fair answer. Yeah. If you ask me to do anything on the spot, I'm probably gonna say no because it 
that that freaks me out more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do. I I really wanted to to like drama club in high school, but the proper. I think I, if I did it, I would have had fun. I would have enjoyed it. But I think the idea of possibly having to have lines that other people weren't saying scared. Like if I was a character in a play. Yeah. And I was only I was the only person playing this character. Like a monologue? No, just like if I like having lines on stage and I was the only person saying those lines. Like rather than an ensemble part where like it's a bunch of people doing the same thing, like be, being like a individual character that's not just kind of like an ensemble background character. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. I totally Okay, get when that. you said the lines, I was like, why would multiple people say the same line? But you mean like Okay. 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 I think you're making more complicated. I I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I never did band. Well, this part of it. Also, my high school, the the drama in the band didn't mix. So (laughs) (laughs) there's plenty of drama in the band, though. If you there was plenty of drama in the band, (laughs) and that's why I never did drama club in high school. Um. Yeah. I I was thinking about it, and I was like, wow, I did a lot more. So I did, there was some kind of kids choir production every year at my church when I was growing up. I think it was usually in the spring. Um, we might've done one Christmas one. Um, I was also in a, in a musical in fifth grade for our local community theater um, where I was just in the ensemble. I didn't have like any lines. Mm -hmm. um I was in choir in college for one semester (laughs) I loved it but it was too much practice for only one credit hour Uh, (laughs) um trying to think of oh and yeah I mean like I was in I was in concert band up until Mm -hmm. like ninth grade um and yeah so like I did a lot of like the ensemble stuff um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a lot like Caleb. If I'm with a group of people, like an ensemble, um, I do pretty well. Like even like in concert band, if I had a solo like on baritone, it would never be like very long or anything, but like I would be less nervous because I had the, the rest of the band around me. Um, and I didn't have to like stand up or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I think we did some school things as well. But um, yeah, so whenever we had like a like a church a musical or whatever, and we had like a school, elementary school, like performance or something around the same time, it was like kind of interesting keeping the songs straight, like which goes with which. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, pr- that's pretty much it. Um, a little story I will share for myself really quick and then we can move on to our next topic. But um, I did ballet when I was, I think three and four or four and five. So very young, I did not stick at all, but I did enjoy it when I was little. Um, I asked my mom a few years ago if I ever like got really freaked out having to do our recitals because I remember it was a big deal like 
getting like my very fancy tutu and my very mm-hmm. fancy ballet shoes on, like not my <laughs> practice ones, like my fancy ones. And I had to wear lipstick, I remember, and I had to have my hair in a very Whoa. tight ballerina bun. And it was like a big production. And I can remember all that. And I have the pictures from all that. And I asked her, like, did all of that make me nervous? And what she told me is that I used to say that I was nervous for the other kids. Because apparently I was so confident that I was like, I know I'm going to crush this, but I think they're going to mess it up for me. Oh, my gosh. And that was my mindset as a three-year-old. Like, they better remember their moves because I'm going to remember mine. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Which I don't know where that came from. I'm not like that at all now. I'm like, I think I'm going to be the one to screw it up. But as a child, I was like, I got this in the bag and these other kids better make me look good while I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah, you better not mess it up. (laughs) Look at that. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. But I guess I like performing as a child on stage. I don't know. Did you get nervous performing like when you were in um, band and everything with the viola? Um, the only time I did get nervous was when we um, went to Italy with the orchestra. I was that was the first time that I was first chair in high school. So yeah. in middle school, I was usually first chair because we didn't play with the other classes but in high school there was a girl that was younger than me that was like a prodigy (laughs) and she was so good so she was always first chair but she didn't come on the Italy trip and I did so I got to be Mm. first chair so I had to like do the solo like the big solo in the song that she did in the concert back home I had to do it in Italy and I was like I kind of knew like I'm a senior in high school and I'm in Italy like this is this is the peak of my career, right? Like I knew in my head, like this is yeah. I'm never going to probably play viola in a orchestra like this ever again after this. And mm-hmm. I'm a senior and I'm in Italy and this is my solo. And I think that kind of freaked me out. But gotcha. I did it and I was fine. I didn't like get too scared about it, but I think that's the time I got the most nervous. Gotcha. Other than that, no, I didn't really get nervous. I had fun with it. Yeah, I don't think I ever got nervous in, in band, really. I know, like, competitions for marching band, which is very, like, we focus so much on being, like, like locked in focused. That was just, like, mm-hmm. you were just in the zone of, like, it wasn't even nervous. You were just, like, you want to, just, like, get through the performance because, yeah. like, you could, like, get out of character almost. Got there's very much like a like kind of like we didn't talk about going character in high school really but like there was definitely a type of like when we were like like at competition there was very much a very different mindset of like them practice mm-hmm. like you only goof off you didn't talk it was very it was a lot more serious gotcha and it was fun but it was like you always like wait when to be done so you could just break and mm-hmm. have fun kind of um, that makes sense there was one time when i did wins in college that my baritone the second valve um like broke like right as we were walking on oh to, no oh and so it was like what it was was like the valve casing had bent and so i could press it down but I had to like pull it out and then press it so like i had to like there's a few notes i just had like wing it like i do not play 
or just take it and like have to pull out. Like, right. No, I, I can see what you mean. It was tough, but made it through. <laughs> he did make it through, just like we made it through that topic. Hey. <laughs> I'm really curious to see what uh, either of you have. Um, I since everyone's taking a sip of something, <laughs> mine does have to do with a drink, mm. a, special, a special seasonal drink, one that I may have <laughs> absolutely chugged earlier, <laughs> and that is eggnog. Yo. So I just wanted to bring up this very special drink. <laughs> And my appreciation for it and my love for it and just ask everyone's history with eggnog. Because um, I feel like most people I know, they either love it or they absolutely hate it. And they it's think it's divisive. really gross. Yeah. And there's it's not like nice. a middle, like, oh, take it or leave it. Like, sure, I'll have a sip, whatever. It's either like, oh, they're really into eggnog or yeah, it's gross for whatever reason. So <laughs> what do y'all think about eggnog? We love the nog. We have good, yeah, good feelings oh. about eggnog in this household for oh, sure. Good. Thank goodness. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't tell you when I had my first eggnog. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's been always been a part of me, you know? Um, I don't know if I've ever had homemade eggnog. Oh. Um, but people swear by it, though. People say it's like the best thing you'll ever have in the Do world of eggnog. Um, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not brand loyal to eggnog. Yeah. It's um, about brand between us. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I will say in my more adult years, I have enjoyed eggnog with a shot of bourbon. Mm. Um, and it's very tasty. Um, and you know what? I'm thinking about having some right after our podcast. Um, Give me a glass too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so something that I have a really happy memory with eggnog about is um, I never liked soda growing up. Like anything fizzy or carbonated was really mm-hmm. just disgusting and kind of horrifying to me. And yeah. so I feel like most people on New Year's Eve, they do like a champagne toast. Or if you're a kid, you do like sparkling grape juice or mm-hmm. something that's like sparkling and fun. But that I hated it. And so my dad started a tradition in my family of doing an eggnog toast on Aww. New Year's Eve. So at midnight, we would all clink our glasses and chug our eggnog at the same time, which was always really cute and fun in my family, I think. And like when Santa would come, we wouldn't leave out milk. We would late leave out eggnog. So like Whoa. we were a very eggnog focused family for sure. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I think I've had eggnog every single year during christmas time since i've been like five or something like yeah big eggnog girl i eggnog is pretty big in my family my dad is very like i think he's very particular about food things in general but he always like it's eggnog is very much a production in our house (laughs) he like i don't know why he does this i think it's like he like my dad like never drinks alcohol but like who get very like into like making eggnog fancy mm-hmm. so he'll like he'll put like glasses in the freezer oh yeah oh. cold gotcha. and then he'll like pour the eggnog and put like cinnamon 
and stuff in it and mm-hmm. like it's a whole thing i've had Wait, an eggnog cool. prepared by alan peeler before it's yeah. pretty pretty good <laughs> and I, i've never heard of anyone else putting the glass in the freezer i've yeah. not heard of that either not that's specifically cool, for though. eggnog um mm-hmm. when i lived with aaron hargrove um we used to keep a lot of glasses in the freezer just to have them cold yeah like ready to go you know <laughs> i never yeah knew. it was just like <laughs> I did not like eggnog up until I think I was like in later high school or like early college. It's one of those things like I tried as a kid and I decided I didn't like. So I went like years without trying it. And then I was trying again one day. I'm like, oh, this is good. But my thing with eggnog is I like it, but I want like four sips and I'm like, it's too much after that. Too rich. Too rich. Although at Nathan and Lauren's wedding. <laughs> one of his groomsmen like his family makes eggnog every year like with like bourbon in it and so they had this eggnog there and it was so good i had my own <laughs> glass i think i took Megan's you had glass. my glass because i think the drink it was only for they only made enough for like the wedding party like yeah. this special drink at the wedding and I thought it was disgusting and it ruined eggnog. Um, but I also don't really <laughs> like alcohol. So I kind of knew that already. And so, yeah, Caleb definitely like had my glass as well. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was very good. You and then I tried like pre-made like alcoholic eggnog from the, my liquor store. That already had the like liquor yeah. in it. And that was not as good. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but I think my thing with eggnog is just so thick and rich that's like mm. too much after a while. Yeah, so. I sometimes feel that way. Sometimes I'll just pour myself a very small glass, and then other times I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling crazy for a little bit. Right? Of <laughs> sometimes I drink a whole pint <laughs> in oh. one sitting. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a, a stomach ache. That yeah, it sure does. Awful. My family my I love eggnog I also don't remember a time of not liking eggnog or having eggnog in my life my mom really likes eggnog so I feel like always around this time we'd get eggnog um and oh so about brand so Caleb's family really his dad I really feel like he's the only one who really cares that much is southern comfort eggnog Mm -hmm. um and then we always got just like the Winn-Dixie half gallon (laughs) So not really by brand or anything like that. And I thought stuff was, I think that stuff's great. And I think Southern Comfort's good, but it's like, there's just like, I think there's added spices maybe. And I just want like plain, I don't know what it is that's different about Southern Comfort, but I I like it. That's what we currently have because we about had a physical fight in Ingles (laughs) trying to figure out, not really, it was not that serious. (laughs) We about, I, we almost had a little thing about me going, oh no, we should get the half gallon Mayfield. And he was like, get the Southern Comfort, Megan. It's the same. Well, it's, just, he also said it was half a gallon when it's definitely not half a gallon, but anyway. So that's our contention of whether Southern Comfort or whatever. So I didn't know Southern Comfort. Like, I didn't know there were brands of it. I just thought like, you know, if, if there's a dairy that sells milk, they're going to have an eggnog. You know what I mean? Yes. So like Mayfield makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, we always got like Kroger brand growing up. Yeah. I yeah. Did. We, 
I never thought much about brands or anything until Caleb's dad. And then they're like, you got to have the Southern comfort, Megan. And I'm like, I mean, it is good. I'm not going to say it's gross or anything. I had like an eggnog from Aldi earlier this year. Well, I should say like beginning of November and it was not that great, but I like, I think I like just the half gallon, even name brand. And it's so good. My mom and I, we'd have it each night. We went through a lot of eggnog, like we got multiple half gallons <laughs> and we'd put whipped cream on it. We get a little glass, get a, put a little bit in and we'd have a little eggnog. Yeah. Uh, then we'd go our separate ways and drink it. <laughs> but we always prepared it together. Wow. <laughs> Love. I, I have a genuine question. And this is just yeah. something that like, I, I don't know. Is, is eggnog ever served warm or is there like a, is there a, um, reality or like a setting for that like huh. a nice I, I don't know I feel like it could be pretty decent warm actually but that makes me feel weird it, it makes me feel kind of weird has, too but I feel like it has egg in it so I don't know like to me it just feels it also has nog. <laughs> what but it also has nog <laughs> you know nog yeah I don't know I've only had you know like store-bought never like made at home mm-hmm. so i don't i have no idea if people drink it warm i will say that uh eggnog is a great um base for french toast whoa mm-hmm. i've not done that mm-hmm. can we i should you should i'm so excited there's gonna be eggnog at my house when we go to Florida. There's like a kind of house right now. I know, but like. <laughs> but there's going to be st- some there it's too. It's thrilling to know you can change houses and vacation. there will still be eggnog. Be eggnog <laughs> yeah. No matter where I go during this Christmas time, there will be eggnog there. And I'm pretty excited about that. Wow. Anyway, so I'm much. glad we're all on the same page. Uh, yeah. There would have been some issues. Oh. <laughs> the friendship would be on the rocks. Yeah. Wow. Maybe we should do the eggnog toast for New Year's. I love it. That'd be cute. Oh my gosh. I'm with that. I'm there. I'm there. Or take it a step further and toast the eggnog French toast. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. And just slap our slices. Of- <laughs> <laughs> we can all have a sleepover and have an eggnog toast toast in the morning. Oh my gosh. I kind of love that. Love. (laughs) Can't wait. So my. Yeah, Caleb, go for it. So I have much deliberation about what my top would be, but yesterday was the Formula One championship. Last race of the season. And Parker and I have gotten very into it this year. Began about halfway through the season, like back in July, like July or August, and uh, it's been very like I've never been much of a sports person, so like following, like finding my team and my like driver and like following them to the season has been fun. Um, so I like never like watched sports growing up. Mm-hmm. So my first like trip time trying to really like follow a sport, but the race was wild because. So there's Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, who are the two, like, they were tied. They're the big dogs. They were tied f- to be number one. And, like, that never happens. It, usually, like, the 
the champion is decided well before the last race, um, but not this time. And Lewis Hamilton has, if he won, it would have been his eighth title, which is like, I think seven was already the, the record before. Oh, wow. He broke. So he's like, mm-hmm. also this season, he got his, his 100th win, which is like- Race, like the individual race. Yeah. Okay. So like- Not the whole championship. Yeah. So I think like only one other person has done that before. And so he's just like, he is the best driver right now. But there's this guy, Max Verstappen, young, drives for a Red Bull. Um, <laughs> I mean, I say like- I would say Lewis Hamilton seems kind of young. Yeah, he's like, he mean, I mean, he's in his like 30s. Yeah, 30, but, 40, 40 uh, what, what I meant by that is like, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton has been driving since 2007. And this is like Max Verstappen's third or fourth year. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, it was crazy. Um, Star of the race. Um, Max was ahead. And like, as soon as the light went off, Lewis Hamilton got ahead. He was in front the whole race. On like, they had like 10 laps to go. And someone in the left, like the last person in the back it's like lost traction to turn, spun out, and like ran against the wall. So they had to get a pace car out so they could clean out the wreckage. And because of that, like they kept driving and it took a long time. So there was, when the pace car finally left, there was one lap left. And it was like, they, I think technically even like, they had to do something because they weren't going to call it, but they knew like, it technically wasn't time for the pace car to go out, but like if it didn't go out then, mm-hmm. there would be no race. And it'd be like Lewis Hamilton would already win by default because he's in first. And so they're like, we're just like, we're gonna end the pace car here and just race. And so like that last lap was just like insane. Cause okay, so just to clarify how that works with the pace car. So there's a car that's in front of all the other race car drivers and they're all basically they end up being right behind each other but they have to stay in their place Mm. so like the first place car has to stay in that place second place third place but they'll all end up being like right behind each other when maybe before the pace car Mm. they were 10 seconds behind which is pretty far in racing so the second place guy which is max um is was maybe like 10 seconds behind like it was very much lewis hamilton was gonna win yes but because of the pace car everyone got right behind each other so he got a lot of ground lewis mm-hmm. couldn't make up any more ground because he had to follow behind this pace car and so and it sounded like it was kind of sudden that the pace car was gonna leave yeah like it was like not maybe a complete surprise but it was like oh wait we're not gonna like keep going yeah and then get ready so like once the pace car left for that last lap it max was right there by lewis when maybe that wasn't the case before so it was kind of like oh hold on this is like really changing things (laughs) so like lewis hamilton drives for mercedes and for the past like seven years they have won the the constructor construction championship so like Mm -hmm. that basically what that means like their cars have won the most points and so like the past like six seven years they've had the best car in the field like easy. Um, and Max Verstappen was like, yeah, if I was in Lewis Hamilton's car, I would have won like already. Um, hmm. But like, why would he say that? Because <laughs> I 
I guess the Red Bull cars is fast. <laughs> Why would you say that about your car? <laughs> um, but like it was just like basically like Max Verstappen is known to be very aggressive. And in fact, the beginning of the race within the third or fourth turn, like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen were like fractions of an inch from hitting each other. Like yeah. it's crazy. But <laughs> Max Verstappen won, and it was like the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And like, it was like awesome to see like <clears throat> him win and how excited he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing I appreciate about like Formula One is they're very like all the drivers are very like they always like make sure like thank the team because like it is a very like the driver is like most of the sport, but like yeah. The whole pit crew. Yeah, the, the team itself is like, they can't do well without the, the team. Mm-hmm. Learned that from Carlos. Like, yeah. Max was like, yeah, like, I love my Red Bull team. I want to retire from Red Bull. Like, I never want to go to a different team, which is like, usually, like, any other sport, like, the drivers usually change teams and stuff. Um, yeah, it was just really cool. And then also seeing, like, it sucks seeing Lewis Hamilton lose because he was just like, he kind of uh, should have won. Yeah, and like it's a little. Sure. I feel a little. I don't keep up with this racing. Yeah. I hear about everything through Caleb talking about it <laughs> mm-hmm. and talking about his favorite little car driver guy, who is neither of those boys. Yeah, and I so I don't keep up with it at all. But I've learned a lot being in the same room as it. Yeah. Um. Right. But it was a little. It made me feel really bad. I was like, man, Lewis yeah. really should have won. <laughs> he should have because, like, if that if a guy hadn't gotten a wreck. And even then, it was just, like, the FIA, which is, like, the people who, like, run Formula One, they decided to pull the car when they the rules, like, said they technically weren't supposed to, but they wanted to have at least one actual lap, one last lap of racing, which I get, but also, like, there's a whole thing, like, Mercedes was fighting up until, like, last night, trying to get the FIA to, like, repeal that. Repeal, yeah. Because, like, yeah, they kind of did skirt the rules a little bit and Hamilton should have won but at the same time it's like it's so weird it's like, hard yeah anyway he's got enough wins you know yes um that's why I said when Max won like he's he has seven already like losing this one's not gonna hurt him like he's legitimately the Tom Brady of Formula One yeah okay 100%. um so that's what I want to talk about. And if you're wondering, my favorite guy is Lando Norris. Um, and he drives to McLaren. So Caleb constantly puts on a story, just like pictures I of do. Lando. Yeah, I, I've seen. <laughs> Unfortunately. I'm it's also kidding. weird to me because he's like 22. It makes me feel weird that he's like. Younger? Like he's not, he's not at the top of his career, but he's like in a like. He's in a, like, the top of his league. Gotcha. And he's 22. And so oh, he basically yeah. at this point, like, he's, I mean, he is extremely young for a Formula One driver. Like, this is his second season. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, I don't think there's been many as young as, like, 20 going into Formula One. Um, but it's so crazy to think someone that young is, like, driving at that level. My honest truth is that I don't think I had even heard of Formula One until this might be dramatic. So if this sounds dramatic, just tell me, Erica, you're being dramatic. I don't think I've heard of it until like earlier this year. 
I think that be real. Like, I don't know. I think dramatic. I, I mean, you know, just kind of being a sports fan, like every once in a blue moon, they'll mention it on like ESPN. But did it kind of blow up this year and like become a lot more popular this year? Yes. So Netflix came out with like an Ergani TV show that like they follow the drivers Mm. season and like that has actually blown up Formula One. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So. But they follow not the current, like the drivers you're talking about? Like Lewis or like a lower league? It's like, I know the first, I haven't watched it, but I know the first couple seasons, like Mercedes and Red Bull were like, we don't want Camp Cruz. Oh. So like a lot of it is the the smaller teams. Gotcha. Um, But I know like that has been a big aid in how it's gotten big. Yeah. So. Hmm. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for Wisecast this week. Yeah. We did a good job at staying on topic. I'm proud of us. (laughs) I'm proud, specifically some people, but of all of us. Wow. Wow, Uh, I didn't say anyone's name. (laughs) We'll we'll be back next week and hopefully we'll all be at a hundred percent health. Yeah. I'm Aaron Weiss. This has been Weisscast. Doodles. Doodles. Bye.